Hello and welcome to Set Podcast to Stun, the podcast where we explore, explain, and enjoy the Star Trek franchise. I'm Commander Clint, joined by Captain Corey. Hello. And Counselor Emily. Now, Hi. Emily, I notice you didn't go to Starfleet like the rest of us. You seem to be a civilian <laughs> in Clint's intro here. But <laughs> Yeah, that feels a little rude, but okay, whatever. I, I can sense some frustration coming from you, Emily. No, it's uh it's just because I have skills that, you know, are a little extracurricular for Starfleet, so I I'm too vicious a fighter. Yeah, so let's um let's go into the the original <laughs> pilot called the Cage. This doesn't have Captain Kirk yet, William Shatner. I forget the actor's name, but it's it's Pike. Captain Pike is the head of this. Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike. Okay, yes. So this was originally made in 1964. Gene Roddenberry, he was a freelance television writer. Before this, he was just kind of writing for different shows. He got bored with kind of regular writing, and he started getting into sci-fi and and reading sci-fi, and he he started really enjoying it. So he kind of created a concept for a show, which was called wagon like he described as like wagon train to the stars since um (laughs) westerns were super popular at the time uh wagon train was a pretty popular show where people were going i think it's like from colorado to california and um each episode it kind of involved it would have been around the era of little house on Mm -hmm. the prairie too yeah and it involved just people kind of going from one destination to the next and it was a very um self-contained episode yeah and, this episode, we run into the old prospector. Mm-hmm. And it fe- just featured a lot of, like, guest stars. So, like, um, a lot of, like, famous celebrities would come on the show, and they'd either be, like, part of the wagon train or someone they met along the way. So that's kind of, like, how he oh sold God. the show was kind of, like, this, you know, Western thing. Sci-fi was not, like, a concept that people were familiar with. So this is just, like, I mean, way out of luck. Rogers. Or yeah. Mm-hmm. And th- he brought that up yeah. in an interview where he said that's what people mostly knew was Buck Rogers. And he was, like, saying, like, you know, people thought it was very, like, pulpy and not very serious. He said, like, people thought of, like, naked women in steel, you know, breastplates. And that was kind of, like, what sci-fi was back in the day. Um, Interesting connection to uh, the Western and then Iraq, but... Uh, HBO, I guess about 10 or 15 years now, had a really great show called Deadwood uh, on, and it's set in Deadwood in the Dakota Territory. It's like this really amazing, like, like, Western, and it's all about these big Western towns. But the showrunners originally wanted to set it in ancient mm. Rome, and they're like, oh, we already have a show under development that's set in Rome. Can you in the other setting? We like everything you're doing. And he was like, yeah, the Wild West. <laughs> so apparently the Wild West is just like a template for whatever story you I want mean, to tell. It's, it's a blank canvas, right? Because mm-hmm. if you don't count the hundreds of thousands of people that already lived there before, like anything can happen out there. And it's an empty place where dreams can happen and, and pursue any career you want. And there's a ton of lawlessness yeah. and whatnot. And you can also kill people off without any concept. There's always a way to come on if you need mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um. So, um, and two, like talking about that Western, um, we'll probably talk about this in, in the next episode when Kirk actually gets there. But, um, when he presented, um, the pilot to them, um, NBC, I think who was running it uh, at the time, they said they like double, like, uh, Gene Roddenberry double crossed them. Um, 
he said that they wanted someone with bare knuckles and fist fights, and uh, so that's why kind of Captain Pike got um, got ditched in this one. Also, the actor kind of thought sci-fi was beneath him, so he he bowed out. Yeah, after. I was reading something where one of the I don't know if it was a producer or whatever played Christopher Pike. Wow, we should have looked up name and had it written down somewhere. <laughs> but they said that he was a little bit like like stoic, mm-hmm. you know, a very large chin that he kind of grew. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you think of, like, your stereotypical, like, 1950 leading man. That's what that guy mm. looks like. Like, it's, it feels like this episode absolutely just kept reminding me of Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> the it seems like something Don Draper would have on the theme music. I was like, this is so smoky cocktail party. And then the doctor gives him a cocktail. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I screamed um that's why i think this was because i was wondering if we should start with this episode or like you know the pilot that features kirk and i think this is a good episode to start off with because it's a lot closer to roddenberry's original um vision of what star trek should be and then when we get more into kirk and that sort of thing we get into more of the studio kind of putting their ideas in it which uh you know gene roddenberry complained about a lot um and when we get to episode i think it's 10 and 11 which is a menagerie we don't mm-hmm. have to do that much work because we already talked about it yes this this a lot of this <laughs> footage and this storyline is incorporated back into uh the menagerie another episode i think it's in in the first season so we'll be able to circle around to that and kind of see how that changes well um but um yeah i thought this was a really cool episode to start off with um I think, too, like one of the fun things about doing a watch series like this is Star Trek is so available. It's on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, the CBS streaming service. Um, but I could only find this episode on, on Netflix versus Hulu or Amazon. So if you're looking to watch it, um, you can go on, on Netflix and watch it. Apparently that. it wasn't available in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. In its original form. Um, not to keep derailing it from Marcus, but apparently Blackish, which has been two decades mm. or whatever, um, that writer and creator came an episode and made an episode like very anti-Trump, mm. and ABC wouldn't air it, and they wouldn't like whatever streaming platform ABC they wouldn't put it on there. But now that Blackish is on Hulu, is like yeah, we'll put it up on our platform. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting. Um. Cool. So yeah, let's start off. Um, Corey, do you want to kind of synopsize the episode for us? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, feel free to synopsize. You guys want. Is that is synopsize some kind it's, of it's French, summary? <laughs> oh, the very pulling out my Picard here. <laughs> Can you give us some sort of Didn't recap? They Picard when you have a mustache. Uh, I know they wanted him to have um, a toupee. A toupee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh and a French accent. Well. well, that makes sense, though, because he's supposed to be French. That's... And he was born in France, and he has a French show. Yeah. Um... But he's so British. <laughs> like, he's I know. British. Well, it kind of goes into the American thing that, like, any European whatever is just British. Like, it, they can British. be French yeah. or, like, Spanish, but, it, like, they just have a British accent. I mean, there were there were people of English descent entry. Um, so maybe he was. <laughs> All right, you want me to go ahead and get this started? Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, so, this episode begins with the very first line in Star Trek being from Leonard Nimoy. Wait, hold on. I didn't write it down. I forgot what it was. 
<laughs> it was like something about something's on the suit. <laughs> cut all of this. Out. This is this is not easy. We'll do that thing where we'll say we he's cut it and then it, I'll never cut it out. So <laughs> yeah, he's one hundred percent gonna leave okay. it in grave. Like we actually say cut this, Clint, all the time, and now we realize that means he's. I cut like fifty percent of the the stuff that you guys say that. So anyway, okay, let's my, get let's, let's get back. Go. Okay, yeah. so the Enterprise detects a radio the the space vehicle enterprise oh, yes yeah, the space vehicle enterprise and we don't know what's a radio signal quite yet we just see some screen mm-hmm. uh and they're like or something like that but they find out that it is a an old style distress uh the they determine that it's from the ss which disappeared 18 years ago um and at this point i would like to bring up the uh used paper in the uh, pilot episode it's so great <laughs> Because it comes up quite often. It's used for just about everything. I, I did note, though, that it's at least, like, typewritten out and not, like, handwritten, you know? So at least at least <laughs> machines are doing the typing. Uh, we, we're we're entered... Oh, I, the thing I loved are the little lamps mm-hmm. on the I noticed that, too. <laughs> but, I mean, as much as we can rag on that, like, I was really struck by how similar, like, they just sort of start without any background. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get exposition later, but... Like, that's how the more recent Star Treks that I've seen, they're just like, oh, here we are. What's going on? And, like, the little pin thing that they use looks exactly the same. Like, the bridge design, like, through ENG and DS9, like, it's pretty similar. Yeah. Um, I thought that was actually, like, very entertaining and amusing is how it hasn't yeah. changed very much what? at all. Also, that they're all wearing, like casual mm-hmm. sweaters yeah i know the sweaters oh, are I great want, i want to talk about uh one of those clothing I, I don't know if i want to do that now it's it's the doctor he's wearing yeah. a robe with a t-shirt underneath i i saw that too and i'm like i love <laughs> oh that robe it's God. so great Anyways, okay so they they <laughs> determined that the distress signal is coming from the ss card and it's in the tallow system from a class m oxygen rich atmosphere oxygen rich yeah uh so in terms of you're right Emily, there is no exposition because uh something happened Pike doesn't want to go on this mission. He doesn't want to go check out this. Just kind of weird in a Star right? He's like, mm-hmm. no, I want to. I want yeah. to go back. Got to take care of our own first. Yeah, we got sick and injured. But, the, but it's only so that we can get the best scene ever, which is in the doctor shows up to his bedroom and makes him a martini. Yep, he's having a crisis of his responsibility. He's wearing the weight of of being a captain and making people and people dying. So his captain makes him. A- um, I too, yeah. I want to note that like today is like, we call this like burnout, you know, I feel like it's kind of almost like prescient to, um, kind of deal with a topic where you're like, man, I'm just like burnout, you know, like I can't do this any longer. It's also, um, I've been rewatching stream, which is set in the eighties and in the second season where they talk a lot about PTSD, um, and that that is like, will have the stuff and it's very much like the creator be responsible because PTSD wasn't really, I mean, it, it made it into the DSM in the seventies, late seventies, mm-hmm. I think, but it didn't get serious traction and it wasn't considered like cool to study yeah, for like psychologists until it. Yeah. Well, and it, it became post-traumatic stress disorder because Vietnam veterans and feminists in the seventies were like, you need to start treating this seriously. Um, and that sort of gave it this like bad taint in academia where they were like, oh yeah, we just did this. But so like this concern of PTSD and people talking about it really wouldn't come around. It's like the nineties or two thousands. But so they, they 
they do these weird little drop-ins. Like, there's a scene where Hopper does something like, um, well, he has PTSD, you know, that's real. That happens on, like, the anniversary date. And I'm like, in no, in no realm in the 80s would Hopper's character have that vocabulary or know that. Um, but then in other ways, they do things like what Star Trek is doing in this episode, where they're, like, setting up an 80s reaction to everything. Like, the parents are really, like, inept at parent children, except Joyce. And, like, all these things where, like... So the show is kind of having their cake and doing it both ways. Like, they're trying to use the language so they don't get in trouble. But then they have the weird plot lines that are equivalent to the doctor being like, well, you just need to rest and man up and have a martini. Like It is, uh, to that point, it is very, like, 60s culture. You're like, oh, you just need a stiff drink to, uh-huh. to solve all your problems. I, I wrote down the line... Sometimes a man will tell his bartender something he'll never tell his doctor. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. That was a great line. I thought yeah. that was hilarious. But this is why they brought uh, Deanna Troy in uh, The Next Generation, mm-hmm. because they imagined that talking about mental health issues and sure would not have like a around it. Mm-hmm. And one of the most important people on the show, counselor. Mm-hmm. In this episode, we get a doctor mm-hmm. who, uh, who treats his patients' disorders with uh, alcohol. My favorite bit of that exchange was when uh, the captain is looking over at him and he's like, is that ice? And the doctor is just like, well, who wants a warm martini? <laughs> he's like, I guess you've got a good point there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, all right. Uh, so they ultimately, uh, the doctor tells him, like, come on, keep going. Like, he gives mm-hmm. him a little pep up. And it, uh, right after that scene, they get uh, uh, a message that's kind of cut off. So they, Pike, after having his buzz on and getting a little bit of a pep talk, he says... Time warp factor seven. <laughs> I love it. That so, was great. I like it. It's a little bit of a mouthful, but it's very like, we just discovered this technique. We don't have any acronyms. But... <laughs> I like to the scene where they're like, okay, let's go. And then there was like, they overlaid like stars flying by yeah. and they just kind of awkwardly like looked forward. Yeah. And then like the guy who's the helmsman, yeah. he holds up seven fingers <laughs> to the camera. Yeah. Just to let you know. It was like, a traveling montage. I, I was love thinking that. I would love that in like TNG, where like it's really like static and Picard's like engage, and then the camera just stays. They all just kind of quietly go to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the best part would be to have Worf in the middle because he's always looking like so serious, and, like he's trying not to shit his pants, and then everyone around him is like having these pleasant conversations. And, he's like, like blue to his interface. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, we have to note, too, just about having, like, women in the show. Um, one thing the network wanted was to have just all, you know, like, white guys um, do all the officers and that sort of thing. Um, so, like, this scene was too, like, weirdly progressive, but also, like, weirdly not progressive. Because there's the Yeoman, um, who's, like, a new officer on the bridge. And it's a woman. And he, like, runs into her. And he's like, oh, I'm just not used to having women on the bridge, which is weird. It's such a weird 60s thing. Um, and then, but his his number one, his first mate is a woman. Who does, I don't think she's credited with the name, by the way. Yeah, I, I didn't hear her name. I was I was listening for her name and I couldn't I couldn't hear it. Um, I think. Well, and then he, he says something where he's like, you're one of the yeah, good ones. Yeah, that was very funny. It was like, oh yeah, but you're you're one of the good ones. You don't have to worry about it. But I think it's just so funny too to think about like, from the 60s, like, it's such a foreign concept to have, like, women in the workplace. Because this was a time when women were just kind of starting out to, like, assert themselves in the workplace. That 
it's so foreign that it's going to take like 200 years for them to actually be beginning to like come into the workplace and people aren't having a problem yeah. with it. The the thing that I thought was really interesting about it though, like, and there's a lot about the women later, but like those two, the yeoman and the number one, like get transported down to the planet together later and they start talking about what's mm-hmm. going on. And I was like, oh, well, this is passing the Bechdel test, uh, which is, uh, it comes from this comic many moons ago, but the Bechdel test is basically like in the TV show or movie, are there two women character um, and do they have a conversation with each other that isn't about mm-hmm. a man? And there's so many things that don't pass that. And there's so many like, like, I don't even think that all of Sex and City, Sex and the City would pass that. And that's considered like this crazy mm-hmm. progressive mm-hmm. show. Um, and, and so there were those really interesting moments, like, but then you also have those moments where he's like, well, you're pretty okay for a lady. I mean, you don't have a penis, so I'll only listen to you every other episode. But like, so it's, you're right. It is so weird where they do this, like one step of doing something great, but then they can't like self-reflect on their own prejudices. And so those things get like inadvertently written mm-hmm. in. The, the actor that plays, plays the first officer, I don't know how to pronounce your first name, Majel. Does, does that character yeah, stick so, around, or is yeah. that just? I think the actress might. I'm not sure. I don't really remember her. No, being... she she does. So she oh, okay. she becomes Nurse Chapel. Um, the show comes around mm. again because she was Gene Roddenberry's um, extramarital girlfriend. Oh, so oh, she hot damn. He, she was the first character that appeared in like the the script for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, NBC did not. It was NBC, right? Or was it Desiree? Yeah, NBC. NBC. Well, yeah, and as we all know, well, not all know, but um, Lucille Ball, um, she helped fund um, the first, or I don't, I don't know, but she, she definitely had a hand in in getting Star Trek. We can explore this later, Um, but she helped get it on the air and fund it and that stuff. So she, she, um, NBC did not want her to get role. Mm -hmm. She was demoted to a nurse. A little later on, but she would get another later on and in Did the she, next generation. Oh, in the next generation, what? is she like an admiral or something? Mm-hmm. What is what is she? Lakshana Troy. Oh, is she? Yeah, Th- that's crazy. Yeah, and the voice ah. of the computer. So this is this is a long term extramarital girlfriend. <laughs> I don't I take know it. the details. They might have gotten together. <laughs> We're gonna explore their relationship organically. We move yeah. <laughs> in Temple of Doom actress that plays the actress characters and actress willie is her name that is uh steven Spears long time wife i don't know if they were dating before that movie or if Ooh. that's where they met but cape capshaw they've played since that oh movie. like fantasy or sci-fi to get the loins <laughs> really going yeah. chicks chicks in different colors man it's the the celestial aphrodisiac oh jesus <laughs> all right so well, our, the Enterprise decided to go to the distress signal and, and pick people up. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, too, want to mention, because they, they go to the, the transporter and stuff. We were talking about how little is explained. They don't talk about the trans. They're not like, we're going to, you know, beam your molecules down to the planet. They just, I think it's a great instance of, like, show, don't tell and how you don't have to treat people like idiots or whatever. But, like, yeah, you just, like, walk in and then... You appear on another planet. Unless, like, there's that guy in the 60s just watching this and he spits his beer out. And he's like, oh, my God, they're dead. They're dissolved. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, it's pretty obvious what happens. And that, like, let's go to the transporter unit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, well, they might say. Yeah. Um, and I too want to just say I don't know. Um, like I think they created it. Um, so they didn't have to like go into a shuttle and that sort of thing. But um, I don't know if they invented you know the the idea of transporters. But it I think it's such a brilliant like just like time saving and like money saving way where you just stand here and then you transition to the next scene versus like having to get into a shuttle and then be in the shuttle and then be on the planet. Um, it's just a great way to save like narrative time and money as well. And I see that, like I watch shows like the flash and I watched the librarians, which I didn't really enjoy that much, but they both have like teleporter things, you know, where they're like, Oh, something's going on across the city. And they're like, okay, we're going to teleport. You know, they have like teleporting mechanics in there. That's very like shoehorned in. And I think kind of clumsy, but like here, I think it works, but, um, I think it's just like, well, uh, go on, Emily. And the, I was just going to say the graphic that they use to signal that is very, very little updates. Yeah, I thought it looked really good. Which, well, it looked great. And, like, I love that they kept that it looks basically the same in newer iterations. Well, this is a remastered version of it, though. So a lot of the stuff we're seeing has been been added since then. So, like... In the original Gene Roddenberry, just went in with like a blue sheet and just like threw it over them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this was originally in black and white, so this was recolored, and they added, Whoa, yeah, and they and they okay. added some effects. That's interesting. Yeah. So the planets look a lot better. Um, they were just like gray balls um, back in the day. Um, we're not gonna laugh at that, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, a lot. I I really liked a lot of the effects uh in in this one but just remember that it's it's remastered so uh, oh i didn't know that that's interesting i didn't realize they had colorized mm-hmm. it they really uh put some effort into it like that is color palette mm-hmm. i could be talking out my ass but i'm pretty sure this was was originally in black and white you can kind of tell too some things that some things are kind of black and whitish um on the ship it's really like that technicolor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. tint that's interesting. so we talked about the teleporter they get they get onto the planet right. we're about five minutes into the episode yeah. now. <laughs> so they i think i mean it would be kind of delightful if we never actually finished a summary of <laughs> we're like well that's an hour <laughs> yeah we've been talking too much shit ready now. bye guys <laughs> okay so they warp down to the surface and they're wearing their uh their sparkly uh coats that they run away missions. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know uh-huh. if you guys noticed that, but like a lot of just to show people the future, mm-hmm. sparkly, mm-hmm. Uh, and they do that. It, it's kind of ripped a lot in um, the insurrection, I think it is, where uh, Picard finds out that his dead, um, mm-hmm. and so he so he starts looking through R- a photo. Robert. Yeah, <laughs> he starts looking through an old photo album, um, and the photo album is like holographic. It's like paper, but like the border of it is holographic. Uh-huh. Just to show the <laughs> Uh, so they're wearing their their sparkly coats when they go to office. They run into a humming bleep that they just touch. that was fun. Yeah, <laughs> they just go up and touch it. Uh, I read that 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 sound that the make uh-huh. or the, the the plant makes many 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 episodes. Oh, okay. of Star Trek after the just like the general background scene planets. Okay, uh huh. That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, lots of reusing footage in Trek because like these are expensive to make, mm-hmm. expensive sales. So if a ship blows up, just reuse that. Uh, but anyway, they find a survivor camp. All of the people there are very old and very, very hermity. Except. And dudes. Yeah. They're all dudes. Yes, there is one who's not a dude. A nice, a nice little, little blondie. 
What was it? Yeah, and as soon as she walked out, I just yelled, "It's a trap!" <laughs> it's a tarp. <laughs> Actually, I think I did yell, "It's a tarp." Yeah, but I was correct um, because then the next shot is like aliens watching scene unfold mm-hmm. on TV. I and I in my notes I wrote alien honeypot. <laughs> I I like that she was like, "Oh, you will make a fine specimen to <laughs> hike," and then the other guys, the other survivors, are like. Oh, don't worry. She just grew up around scientists. That's why she talks that way. Like, <laughs> come on. Right. Little, she just yeah. talks a little rapey. My dad, my dad yeah. worked in a gold mine for twenty years. I don't talk like a prospector. <laughs> That's the second time I said prospector. <laughs> That's okay. I uh, I was drinking a cocktail earlier, brush. So you were actually just off theme. Uh, what they don't know is while they are re- reuniting with the survivors, there are some pretty aliens watching. Yeah, I mean, it's stereo, like, if if I said, like, picture an alien from the face, this is exactly, like, paper mache, bald heads with veins, some sort of, like, Dracula space rope. That's what we have mm-hmm, happening. For sure. Clint, for I sure. want you to close your eyes, because I'm in the same room as you, and I don't want you to look. What are the name of these aliens? Oh, they're, like, the Talarians or something, right? Talosians. Talosians. I, that was close. Talosians, yeah, I was going to say. These aliens never show up in another episode of Trek, which I think is kind of interesting. This was like the seed idea for mm-hmm. what an alien could be. Mm-hmm. Never, ever show up again. I like the design, though. I like their big, veiny heads and their veins would throb when they do stuff. Played by women, but with uh, male voiceovers. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice there were women. But I didn't know that either. I might have made that fact up. Some of them might have been played by women. I read, I read the... <laughs> Some women playing them, but they were voiced over. No alien style choice will ever eclipse the love in my heart that I have for Gowron and his crazy eyes. <laughs> that actor's great. Everything about Gowron. As soon as I see that Gowron is on an episode, I'm just like, yes, <laughs> I love it. You got crazy. <laughs> One thing I wanted to mention before we move forth uh, is Spock's character. Mm-hmm. Who is is very like uh, it's uncharacteristic. Of, he's he's not Spock yet, basically. He's not Spock. He like you see him laughing. He, mm-hmm. he uses like and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> in the, the novelizations, they they try to explain why that is <laughs> because he's like not fully nerd yet. Oh, okay. And it's like come on, you nerd. It's like it's a pilot episode. <laughs> yeah, like he was acting that. Yeah, like, no, he was he was sick that day. That's why he was acting that way. Oh, he might have had the Andorian flu. <laughs> I, I do like, there's something that I find kind of, like, unnecessary, like you said, but also kind of, like, cute and charming that, like, uh, the they've decided to make a canonical reason why <laughs> Spock was liking that. It's like the Harry Potter fans on the internet who are like, well, here's, like, what I think about relationships or whatever. Like, it's it's kind of adorable. I really And Hermione's that. really black and in a wheelchair. I mean, there really isn't any indicators in the books that she's not black. Uh, so actually, it fits quite oh, all right. well. So let's let's get back on this star star track. Oh, uh, I, oh I was, no! I, was, I wanted to talk about, just real quick about one of my ideas for the podcast. Yeah, I think you want to call it uh, cast of stuff. Yeah, but I was thinking I had Star Goss <laughs> and I had Star Pals. <laughs> That could be the three of us. <laughs> and then I wrote down Star Truck. 
and I was thinking we could talk about Elon Musk's car. It's like a like a check-in podcast and talk about how that thing's doing. Well, I like Star Trek. Like half of the time we talk about Star Trek, and the other half of the time we just like, talk Chevy's about new... different pickup models. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're going to lift it, you're really going to want to use this. Or or the best trucks to launch into space. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's a whole area to discover there. Uh, an undiscovered country. But let's go ahead and keep pressing on here. Vina, uh, who is the beautiful woman, inexplicably, no, explicably, she was, her parents died right, mm-hmm. when the crash happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if her mom died after. I'm guessing that's how it happened. Yeah. Never mind. The, the way that they explain that doesn't really show someone who has a real understanding of how birth Well, I mean, it was men in like, the 60s, like, so... Yeah, he's like, her parents died just as we landed, but she she's survived. And They're like, she was, I think he said she was born shortly after. And I was like, um. Uh, Dina looks at Pike and says, oh, you're a fantastic specimen. Everyone thinks that's a little strange. Uh, and they want to know the secret. She, she's like, do you want to know the secret to how? And. Oh, yeah, because they're all, like, they're really healthy, even though they're pervy and weird. Uh, so Vina takes Pike a couple feet away to a rock. Uh, and suddenly disappears and nab Pike and take him into the rock. Um, setting up the conflict for this episode, the captured captain, the actions, uh, and a woman in charge. Prize. Crazy. You, that, you know they're and, really desperate now. Yeah, and the uh, this is also, I think, a theme in the Star Treks I've seen of like, but what is reality? Because the aliens can like make the captain think he sort of realm and so they put things and he's like fighting like a mongolian looking guy and, and that's a that's a flashback they mentioned it early in their episode where he had like fought one of their oh, that's warriors right, that's a that, that was the uh event that caused his crew to be dead was oh okay at, at mm-hmm. that uh, yeah for yeah. him to have ptsd yeah. yeah and then he's he's like going on a picnic with some horses in the mojave and desert as soon as he said that he had it, as soon as he said he had horses, I was like, I will never trust this captain. <laughs> I hate horses. Oh, I forgot you hate horses. No, thank you. <laughs> well, you're, you're... Yeah, so he can't be trusted, first I believe of all. that, um... What's William Shatner's character in Star Trek? Kirk. Uh, Kirk. <laughs> I believe that. Oh, this is... That is directly because when we are having a meeting about this, I forgot Jean-Luc Picard's name. <laughs> but I'm just going to... I think Kirk likes And now it's just going it. around. It's going Although around. Jean-Luc does have a saddle. <laughs> he does you like ne- to you ride. You never know when you're going to mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Kirk, too, he was no. riding horses in Generations. I, oh, God. I feel deeply betrayed. I wanted to mention after Pike gets captured and taken into um one of his crew members tries really hard to let him go and then the rest of them just kind of sit there and shoot the mountain with his uh the laser. uh but they're not able to extract him so they have to decide what they're gonna do yeah um and vina has uh this trait that was or the actress who's vina is this trait that is very common in 50s and 60s cinema, and I have no idea why. I would love to read something about this. Where she talks really like this. It's like her lungs are somehow too small for her to speak all the time. So she's, she's got to do this a lot. She's uh, also very It drives animated. me nuts. It's really mm-hmm. weird. Uh, I can't believe how much uh, typing has happened. My dog is getting involved. He's doing his own imitation right now. Uh, but I can't believe people complain about vocal fry when, when that happened in their generation. 
these aliens, the Telosius, mm-hmm. uh, when Pike wakes up, he, he realizes zoo or some sort of a prison. Mm-hmm. Um, he meets these aliens for the time. Perhaps Perhaps some sort of cage. Or, or menagerie. <laughs> and the, the aliens don't talk. They uh, speak telepathically. They just they, throb at him. and they, With their big veiny foreheads. <laughs> and they kind of psychoanalyze him. Clint! Clint, you are dropping all of the double entendres this episode. <laughs> they then admit that this was all an illusion to the Enterprise. Like, no one's real. It's all trying to set up a, a scenario where someone would come and visit them. Humans and their feeble intelligence. No, they were specifically looking for Pike, though, because he's the perfect man for, for Vina. Yeah, have you seen that chin? <laughs> what, do, what do they say in Bicentennial Man? You could end with that chin. <laughs> That's what the quote is. <laughs> okay, so the up, up above. Oh, so like Pike begins out, and they're just like, I love. I kind of loved it when they were narrating what he was doing. It like mm-hmm. he's going to get very upset, try and find a way out. Then he's going to try and show us his aggressive, you know, knock the door down just as Pike is. And this is where the characters are. This captain is quite stupid because like throughout the whole time he just does exactly what they say. Like it takes him a long time to like figure out well he's just trying to figure stuff out it's it's crazy never never encountered anything like but picard would have been like i wish i mean obviously not because he fought the guys in the flashback well that's just what good starship captains did in the 60s they punched and and phasered first and asked questions later Uh, yeah i mean yeah the the crew is going to try to break him out with ship, uh, but we get our first, as you mentioned earlier, vision, or it is transported to it. Um, I did want to mention that while the crew is talking about how they're going to break the captain out of the mountain, they show a pencil drawing of what the alien looks like. <laughs> do you guys remember that? Yeah, I do. Like a senior high school art project <laughs> of what the aliens look like. Um, but we get our first illusion, and I wanted to say, and I the matte painting on that planet is absolutely beautiful mm-hmm. with the ancient fortress. It was stunning. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to go. What I forget. Do you guys remember? Was it like Rigel four or something? Yeah, it is Rigel four, I think. And I, th- I thought the same thing. I was blown away by that background. It was real. And like, they, they just, they mastered creating a flat backdrop that looked like it had mm-hmm. depth in it. Uh, it's a primitive world. So I don't know what their mission is, but my first thought was, this is a mission that violates the Prime Directive <laughs> for sure, because this is like a Bronze Age situation that they were interacting with. So, There's also, like, he goes into a second vision later where dancing green girl. But there's a lot of, like, this idea of, like, uh, the, like, Far East, the mystical mm-hmm. Orient. Like, this, this very colonial settler narrative of what is foreign, like what a victorian here imagining what like india looks like uh at this point i would like to say that i run out (laughs) (laughs) um so we get up with a fight scene right with the red alien and which seemed which has no bearing mm, on the plot and is way too long uh it's oh definitely pretty long um and then um i mean we just get kind of like a barrage of different um uh, of different visions, right? Um, and them trying to like break mm-hmm. into the place. So they use like a, a laser cannon to try and break in, into 
their little alien mind fortress, um, which I really like the color show that was going on. The effects they used in this remastered version was pretty cool. Um, what did you think of it, Emily? I agreed. I It was uh, very of the era, but the the colors they chose for it and they're wearing these like huge very stylized goggles to mm-hmm. protect their eyes pretty fun and there's a part where the number one is sort of talking into like a walkie-talkie to like mm-hmm. give orders and then when she orders them to stop instead of lifting up the walkie-talkie situation she just sort of looks around and goes okay <laughs> stop <laughs> Uh, also, the only other note I have is from the vision when they're on the picnic, and I just wrote, "What the fuck is chicken tuna?" Because she, she says, "Like I made chicken tuna," and I'm like, "What the fuck?" Does oh, that she mean? said chicken tuna. I thought it was just like tuna salad or something like that. I didn't. No, she said chicken tuna. A... That's why I was like, "What the fuck?" I does feel like that that's mean? a weird '60s dish that we don't know what oh, yeah, it it's is like anymore. Like suspended in Jello yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, something like uh, that. What yeah. the mayo? <laughs> uh huh, mayo and Jello combined. <laughs> In a sa- like in a sandwich that's one. All right, so our next vision is Pike in some sort of I don't know like palace or something like that, uh, and we see Verna right that's uh, as an Orion slave girl uh, with her what was it glistening skin Captain. I'd like yeah. to point out you said this is our next vision. It's not actually ours as much as Clint wishes it was his. It's the one that the you Captain can't has resist the. <laughs> yeah, in the script, they, it needs to be wild, green skin, and I think I think Ew. they really pull the character. She she had to like go take hours to apply it and hours and hours to take it off. And I don't know. I think that that's really good. the only other time that Orion Slave Girls show up again in an Enterprise with Orion Slave Girls. I thought they came up. Oh well, I guess in the Menagerie come up. Yeah, again, yeah, yeah, they do. Which is just a retread on. So they never appear ever again because I know that the Orion show up in, in is, but not they, in they show original. Up, they show up in Enterprise and then they show up in rebooted Chris Pine scene. Uh, scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they don't really show up. And and in this episode, they actually had to cut some stuff because it a little bit too sexy. Oh, Roddenberry <laughs> was complaining about how he was having battles censors because they showed naval, and so um, he got a lot of flack from censors for Lee Button. And then I guess Laughing um, premiered, and that had a lot of belly buttons, and then that was all the rage in Network Tenants belly buttons. It's funny thinking about that in like a cinematic universe because I feel like this has to be around the same time when that James Bond movie comes out where uh, the woman is painted gold. Mm-hmm. it can't it can't be too far away and also like i'm thinking like oh my god we're showing a naval on tv how scandalous but like this is the era of like just bush and boobs in movies gratuitously all the time <laughs> i didn't know she was supposed to be like oily because she looked very sweaty and i thought it was just hot on set. i didn't know uh, that they were going for that i assumed it was just the face makeup or the paint like uh Data in the early Enterprise episodes looks also very like PC, and I they they tone it down, but I assume it was wardrobe figuring their shit out. I wonder if um, Brent Spiner had acne, and they were just able to cover that up because <laughs> that's. I mean, it also reminds me of the actress who played the the Wicked Witch. Um, just that she had to go mm-hmm. apply all that stuff, mm-hmm. and she's yeah. like allergic to it, and it ends for her. Yeah, I think. Um, I think. The Tin Man, the person who put Tin Man also really struggled with the makeup. But if you mm. ever watch um, RuPaul's Drag Race, 
um, the drag queens are always very like careful with their skin and cause they have the same thing, you know, it's their job. They wear like tons of heavy makeup every day and like, yeah, they can absolutely like screw your skin up if you're not like really taking care of it. And well, they so. did a Mythbusters where, uh, Jamie, uh, he got covered in from GoldenEye, and he almost passed out. Like, they had a medic. Oh, yeah, he went? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. They, they're like, the medic was like, you need to get this stuff off him. Wow. Um, and back then, too, they didn't really, like, test anything for safety. I mean, the snow, you know, talking about Wizard of Oz. Talking Wizard about Wizard of Oz, of Oz yeah. all the snow in the snow scenes, asbestos. So, <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, you've never heard that. Oh, and I'm sure uh-huh. there's probably a little bit of lead mm-hmm. we're using, too. Yeah. Well, and I think speaking about how hot it is, like, um, those lights that they use to, like, light things up are insanely hot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, cooking shows, I think, like, all these people start panicking and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, because it's, like, 100 degrees. Like, of course everything's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Um, Nailed It on Netflix is, like, it's purposely to be silly and bad and the results are crappy. But, like, they do a really good job of, like, the judges will yell at people, like, it's really hot in here, put it in the fridge. And, like, you're not used to using these things. Um, it's just, like, all this manufactured drama is tied to <laughs> making it look good on your TV. Um, so so back to the episode, one, one comment I thought was interesting was, I, he was just, like, I don't know, a fantasy figure, but he was, like, Oh yeah, these Orion's, Orion slave girls actually like being taken of. Yeah, which was that just was... like super gross. And then too, like in the mentality of the sixties, is like, are you like just actively like not even giving up, like you know, like taking advantage of women and that sort of thing? It's not like a good advantage of. I think. Well, I... I was just gonna say, I think that like um, lines like that are are really really cringy to us, but like it. I think it shows like as bad as things still are uh, and they are really bad in terms of how people like talk about and push back against you know, sexual assault or whatever you want to call it. But like even well into the eighties, there were bits like that in movies and like, playing this off as like a really funny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a John Hughes film, uh, 16 candles, uh, which is really funny and cute in many ways The Molly Ringwald but there's also like a plot where the Anthony Michael Hall nerd character like has sex with basically the prom queen when she's like blackout drunk and it's supposed to be like really silly. And then she's like, Oh, cool. The next morning, like it's really, (laughs) it's so uncomfortable that like, it's, it's really, really, really hard to watch. But I mean, that's even 20 years after this. I mean, Uh, I think the worst is revenge of nerds. Have you guys seen that movie? I've seen bits of it. There's a part where, like, the main protagonist, um, he's less a co-ed or whatever, and she's dating, sure. like, the guy. And so the guy who's the protagonist, he puts on a Vader helmet, and then he follows her to a fun And then he has sex with her. And then she finds out that she just, ha- like, she thought he was uh, her, her boyfriend. boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. And then he takes off the mask, and she's like, oh, you're not him. She's like, oh, well, that was a great orgasm. Like, yeah. and he's like, yeah, because nerds think about sex all the time. And it's just like, nowadays, it's like, man, this is awful. I don't think you see that on Telemore because that scene is bad. Boys will be boys, if you ask me. And, uh, we know that, that Pike is able to be the charms of the farm girl and the, the charms of the Orion slave girl because not lured by 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 sexuality. Uh, so he is able to re- 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 mm-hmm, For sure. 
Are yeah. They... Also, if we want to get into real archetypes, is like the uh, the virgin and the slut, right? Mm-hmm. The virgin farm girl and the slutty slave girl, and he can resist both. Vina just has it all. She's just uh, all in one package. He's he's also able to like. Well, he doesn't resist, but he he is, he is able to. I, he doesn't kill the guy in that fight. Are you talking about with the fake Rigelian? Yeah, or? with the fake little beam guy. I think he does kill him, right? I forget. I don't know. There, I saw them just like throwing weapons. I think he like Fair fell right. off of something. Does he? <laughs> Star Trek. Because... Star Trek kind of has the Disney villain thing with bad guys, where they just sort of disappear, like mm-hmm. <laughs> implied murder, but it's not direct murder, so it's okay. So mm-hmm. I think he yeah. kind of just like the fell camera off just cliff. pans over and we see it. We don't actually see anything. <laughs> yeah, or like he just he just falls from a cliff and it's never spoken of again. So like <laughs> you know he's just gone. It was just a vision. You don't have to worry. Yeah. All right. So after the Orion slave girl mishap that again fails arouses passions um they throw him back in the hole so to speak um and then i think the enterprise brings down a party like a not a boarding party uh, <laughs> it's a party of six yeah it's, I, i'm sorry was, you said party and i just pictured them with like party hats and keggers and i was like wait what <laughs> it's an away party i was about to say they're a to-go party um, <laughs> But uh, but only the number one, because he doesn't have a name, and the young uh, yeoman. Um, and so right. he's like, they're like, well, if if Verna isn't good enough, then how about these two? I thought it was funny because um, they were talking about, like, the, the pro woman, and they were like, oh, yeah, your number one has had fantasies about it. But then they talk about the human, the yeoman, and they say that she has unusually strong female drives. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? What does that mean? <laughs> she wants to be a doctor. <laughs> the, I want to. Can we talk about Yao Man real, real quick? Because that's the the contemporary Star Trek. That's an end. Is it I Ensign? Think, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think you. Ensign. Because I was reading about it, and I think it's a nation, and it's like a kind of. It's like a British thing. I was looking okay. up, it up too. It's like the lowest class in in like the British military. Fourth century military. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting then that they use like a a very very British term, Lieutenant. <laughs> they are they're anything British is fancy. Well, and the world. Um. So yeah, I guess Pike figures out the trick, right? That they um they can't see past his his primitive emotion. So I <laughs> uh, he did the very funny. I'm filling my mind with hate, <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm thinking about throttling you or whatever yeah um, so they're all too like they're all locked in the cell and he pretends to be asleep like or like putting some something like that and he's able to grab one of the uh, big headed throbby aliens he he threatens to to break his neck even though he turns to like a crazy whatever I, I did i did love the illusion of the bear i think was it a bear that he's like it looks like he's strangling and then he's like oh no i but i'm not gonna let go <laughs> It's some weird, I'm sure it's some sort of, like, Rigelian bear or something. So. Rising slut bear. <laughs> I guess the moral of the episode is that what saves us is being, like, giving in to our primitive impulses. Like, that's the thing that, like, us. I mean. Well, he he blows a hole, right, in, in the cell. And he's like, I bet there's a hole there, so stop trying to trick my brain or I'm going to snap your neck. And so they show him that he blew a hole. Um, and then they get up to their surface, but then they like scan his mind again and they're like, Oh, like we found out that your race is particularly, 
um, against like humans don't do well in sleep, and you're <laughs> so violent that you won't make a good race. Because the basic the the whole reason that they brought um, Pike down here to mate with their one human that they had, and then to... create a slave force to basically like terraform surface again. And so they're like, oh man, you guys would make really bad slaves. And basically the reason is humans suck. Humans are such jerk slaves. So they're like, yeah, you can go. Yeah, it was a really unsatisfying condition. Like this thing that they strive for the whole se- like episode, just kind of like, eh, never mind. <laughs> well, and to the, the cra- I think the, the craziest part was when um, they reveal what um, Verna really looks like. And um, she's just like kind of older and a little bit scarred. And they're, oh, they're like, like, they're like, she's hideous. We've been disguising Vina for you. And then they remove the illusion. Yeah. And she's. Uh, well, too, they're like, oh, she did, they didn't know how to. They've never seen a human before. So they didn't know how to put me back. And yeah. the only thing that was like, she has a hunchback. Um, yeah. I don't know if anyone's a community fan, but there's a great episode, a Halloween episode where. Pierce is like had surgery done to him and he's like a butt on his chest and he has hands. Um, That's really what I was expecting. Like they zoom in on her face and she's just, she's not even like, she's supposed to be like 80 years old. Like that's mm -hmm. how long she's been there, but she looks 35 or 40. Like they just wrinkle her up a little bit. And I kept waiting for them to zoom out and like, you know, like two arms are on one side or like, they've just put like a fin coming out of her abdomen or something. Yeah. She's just like an F. It, it reminds me of, I mean, it's, it's always, I'm sure it's extremely to somebody, but it reminds me of uh, in TNG. I think it's the, the last episode, right? I'll get an old man makeup mm. and he looks way worse than Patrick Stewart <laughs> looks right now, even though like they're supposed to be now. Um, but I imagine it's really hard. You just got to make people laggy. Like when they put Brent Spiner makeup to mm-hmm. the, um, it is the, 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 the doctor. Yeah. I just yeah. watched that episode. Uh, Sun. Yeah, and he looks Nguyen like... Nguyen Sung, I think. He just looks like a broke up pottery. He just be an old... I didn't know he was a human. I thought he was a different race. He's, he's human. a human. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's just super old. He's like 200 years old or something. The, so the big thing is that, that Pike, Illusion Pike, gets to stay on at it. Yeah, they create an illusion of him. Yeah, well, he, because He runs first... off into the sunset. First, he was going to take Vina back to the Enterprise, and then they're like, well, look what she's really like. She's hideous. She's a monster. And it's like, oh, never mind. And then he's like, okay, well, we'll create an illusion of you, and we'll make her look young. And then they both trot off. So like, <laughs> and, and two pikes like, okay, you'll let her keep her illusion. And they're like, yeah, no problem. And then um, Pike gets back up to the ship, and they're like, oh, where's Vina? And he's like, oh, he had to, she had to stay. And I agree with the reads. Yeah. It's just like, oh, bird. She, she was not good looking. You guys would want her out here. She had it, to be at least. It does make me think that Starfleet has a, uh, like a looks portion of their entrance exam. <laughs> I mean, how many people over four ships in any of the series? It's a dangerous profession. Maybe Kirk's like, oh man, the thing I like about humans is I get older, but they stay the same rank. <laughs> the ending also reminded me, I'm sorry to keep referencing to you, there's an episode where Moriarty uh, takes over the ship, and Sherlock Holmesian bad guy is trick him into thinking he got away with it, because really he didn't, a version of the holodeck, mm-hmm. and he's just living there with his, they're like, as far as they know, they escaped the ship, and they're ops, you know, bucks. And the same thing kind of happened here, where Vina thought that she, this man that she loved, 
um, but it wasn't real illusion. And if I can take anything, it's okay to lie. Is okay. Well, I guess I don't know what the point is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, think it's, that, as I long think as you're pretty, everything's there. fine. Yeah. It's okay to lie. <laughs> it's okay to lie. <laughs> it's okay to lie. I think that's a great, uh, a great moral to take away from. Um, so what'd you guys think of it? Um, I thought this was, I thought it was a good episode. I, I enjoyed it. Um, specifically because you can kind of see what Roddenberry's um, original message was or original that, vision for how things should. His original message being, it's okay to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have to see Pike stay in that position? I mean, uh, William Shatner through all his glasses now mm-hmm. and nostalgia, no one else could be captain of the Enterprise. But what did you think about that character a little bit more somber about the job? Uh, not very cocky, uh, what his place is in the world. I, 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 I like that angle mm-hmm. on a character. Uh, all, all of the starship, all the starship captains that, that we see are, are pretty mm-hmm. and, and really, really just dialed in and confident. So I did like that different kind of tweet. Mm-hmm. I really liked Pike and I liked his number one. I'm really sad. I actually like the number one more. I feel like that it would have been a lot She's more a compelling. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot more compelling if we got to. I mean, explore her to kind of see how her character grew if she was given the chance, you know. Um, but in the 60s, I don't Well, it's okay because she'd be bitter. She <laughs> could have been in elementary school. Too. They gave her the name yeah. position. I think it's it's interesting because watching that, I thought that it didn't have the tone of Star Trek. Like, we talked at the beginning of this episode about how it's sort of like Star, the Star Trek universe is always like the best of humanity, like all these people who are really like good hearted and it's sort of optimistic. And this didn't feel like that. Like it felt dark where like everyone's sort of selfish and bad and like they win because humans are angry and primitive as opposed to because they're caring. Um, and I, I actually, I really like that all the other Star Trek captains are sort of like sillier and more lighthearted. Um, I feel like I've referenced a thousand other shows, but it kind of reminds me of this scene from Band of Brothers where, like, there's, like, this happy-go-lucky kind of captain and then this other captain who's, like, very straight-laced. He's, like, a Quaker, and he's kind of chewing out this other guy about playing poker with the enlisted. And he's, like, the guy says, like, are you mad at me because they like me or because I was gambling? And Captain Winter says, like, what if you had won? Like, what if you had won poker and you, the superior officer had like taken money from the enlisted men. He's like, you can't ever do that. Like you have to be always giving them. You can't ever like take things from them. Like you can't expect them to give you emotional support or thing. Um, And so I think that that's kind of that sort of leadership is what we see in like Picard or uh, Cisco where they're very like cheerful um, and they they don't really vocalize those doubts um, except in special episodes, I guess. Um, if you do like Pike, though, he does return for the second Discovery, and I think they're developing that uh, feature him. Yeah, isn't that weird how much mm-hmm. he... I, I'm sure there's a bunch of novel in the universe. Mm-hmm. Like, for someone who's only in a couple of episodes pilot, you know, like, there's a lot of mythology about this. People just, like, love him. I, I really like the, 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 the... I thought that was a really cool character. Mm-hmm. He was a lot more, like, cocksure, you know, grin about him. Um... He had an accident. No, no, he was fine, right? He never got yeah. injured. Okay. Or maybe he recovered, you know, like he recovered from it um, versus just being in that like wheelchair thing. Oh, and we'll get to the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy how much of a pop cult then too. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't, I mean, I, I watched a few 
Futurama. I was up in Futurama. I, I didn't really know, you know, I thought that they just kind of came on and I, I didn't realize like that wheelchair thing now, how other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I love that Futurama episode too. Well, we might have to like do a special episode. There's a couple of episodes that now that I'm watching this show, I'm like, I didn't hear of this. Like, uh, like the, they do battle on that planet with the, I don't, is it, I don't know. Where they, where all the originals and does. Oh yeah. No, it's not a, that's not a brain guy. It's just like a weird loading. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mass. It was making fun of the effects of, um, like, uh, also like Zap Brannigan is definitely, uh, is definitely Kirk. Yeah. Yeah. And and my favorite joke in Futurama is where their uniforms, because they all wear the like woman's uniform, which is like (laughs) kind of like a skirt. So everyone, it's like a unisex skirt for like both like men and women. And like Zap loves it, he's like, like this really shows off like real Yeah, <laughs> that reminds me of uh, the Shining. The first time I saw the Shining, I was like, oh, now I recognize so many references and movies that are trying to like yeah, pay homage like, to this movie. Like... Yeah. Um, also, like the the concept of like a menagerie is a sci-fi trope. You see that pop uh-huh. up a lot. Like, there's a Rick and Morty episode where they did a little shot on it in Orville. There's like a menagerie episode. So like um, when we get to that, that has also like spawned a pop culture trope self, especially in, in sci-fi. So yeah, any any final thoughts? Do we think that that Verna just stayed on that planet? Seems like they could have just snatched her up, and I don't know, twenty second century. She was plastic. over thirty. Clint, <laughs> Clint she about? was ugly. <laughs> yeah, it's like warp ten. Get out of here. <laughs> You can't fix ugly, with, even with 24 years. Star, yeah. uh, Starfleet is exactly like Hollywood. No women are dirty. I mean, yeah, I agree. Like, the, the it didn't end extremely satisfying. That poor woman, like, she, her whole family died, and, and then she's been tricked her whole life. And then the one group of people that can come by and save her, their own primitive nature is what saved them like mm-hmm. i mean i don't really know what the, the the ultimate we're not just smart enough to see what it is but <laughs> i mean it's it strange um and i can see why why they didn't want to use it because there's not yeah. a lot of acting there's not a mm-hmm. lot of like very little episode happens on the ship where the ship is a character to star trek right mm-hmm. like that that yeah. is one of one of the actors most of the time it was just he had lots of illusions and then people just never been to before with a captain that didn't want so mm-hmm. yeah the other thing that's weird about this, and this is where I feel like this episode is just throwing a lot of stuff at the wall, is like, it would have been different if uh, Pike would have been like, hey, I'll take you back with me, even if, you know, whatever you're like, you can travel the galaxy with us. And she, no, I want to stay here with my illusions. Like, I want to go back to being this, like, happy, oblivious person. Like, that would have actually been a small change that would have made it a really much more interesting twist. Uh yeah. But That's instead, Picard would have done right. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, I think for sure he would. He would have brought her along. Hey, I'm bald. And, you know. <laughs> but he's I'm a man. A he can outcast. be over thirty. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, uh, any other thoughts um, as we start our journey, uh, trek to the stars, as it were? Can we watch Enterprise instead? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to start chronologically. <laughs> well, you that that's on your spare time there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>